Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. everybody and welcome to the Fashademics with me Laura Arismith Carter and the beautiful Sophie Hillier. I'm beautiful now that I've got a layer of foundation on Huns. <laughs> She's currently doing her makeup while we're recording this before work. <laughs> well we've just got a, we've got a multitask haven't we and I've got the camera on in our little podcast um software thing and um yeah Gotta to, got to get it done. Um, so welcome, guys. This is a normal episode. There's no special guests because we are special enough. We are. We still have a great lineup today. We do. We're talking all things Adidas, Brooklyn Beckham, oh, yeah. Kylie Jenner. Triangle bikinis. They're back. I used to have one. I'm not going to lie. I actually had Didn't one. You? Yeah, I love them. That little... Without those bold colours, weren't they? Without the black, yeah, 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 like a, like um, like a turquoise and black, weren't they? Yeah, they were, they were bloody amazing. But they're they're doing some amazing. I didn't even know they were back on the radar, but um, apparently they are, and we've got some exciting stuff to talk about there. And also, I'm just going to let you know, guys. Not only am I now a podcast star, I'm a radio star. I mean, you are, <laughs> I'm not sure what this is saying about my actual face <laughs> because like, it's like I belong on radio and belong on podcasts. <laughs> BBC Radio Kent and BBC Radio Nottingham. So um, I'm just like, you know. You're just doing your, your UK rounds, aren't you? I am. I absolutely am. I was in like, a, a proper work meeting yesterday and I was like presenting like my research to like the rest of my colleagues. And um, yeah, it got brought up about my radio interviews and I was like, this is actually hilarious. So thank you for BBC for having me. Um, and yeah, we're posting snippets on the good old Insta. So it's a good way to get another another little bit of Fashademics content here and there. Um, but yeah, so we're back, normal episode, and we have got some amazing guest episodes I know we've got coming up um, in the next couple of weeks, so keep your ears peeled for those. So guys, I'm going to start the in the know section this week by addressing <laughs> something quite funny, because your girls were scammed. I was scammed. I told Laura. I know we did this last time. We didn't actually talk about what it was. We talked about it and I brought it up that I'd seen this thing and then it disappeared off the links. So we weren't actually sure what the hell was going on. But I've since found out that some hacker scammer person from some kind of activist group had sent like a press release on behalf of Adidas to like all these like news outlets telling them that um that basically um a employee from a factory a garment workout was going to be uh their hq on their ceo board and it was a complete scam so we mentioned last time that we'd heard about it but the links had been removed but actually um from looking now you will see that we're very gullible we're very gullible i mean i thought it was a great concept uh, and it was very strange how it was removed but we have got to address the fact of course that we were scammed. We believed it. We loved it. Maybe that's a conversation to be had. And maybe that's, maybe someone will take an idea from that. But yeah, there is no garment worker on the CEO board of Adidas. Um, so, oh my God, we, we, we were spreading fake news. We're fake news. As, <laughs> oh my God, like. We were trolling Adidas. Although we really liked the idea. So at least it wasn't something nasty about Adidas. So um, <laughs> it's all good. Do you know what though? I think they should have people that are on like, in different areas to really understand how the business operates like it's not a bad idea that's what I mean like I mean come on like it's maybe someone else needs to take on this trend or take on this idea because like there's 
you know, when, when businesses make decisions on behalf of people that work in their business or on behalf of their customers without actually doing any research or have any understanding, and that happens a lot, that's where you get a lot of conflict from, like, the people that I always describe as people on the shop floor. Like, you know, I would describe myself as on the shop floor, at, you know, at a university because I'm there delivering the content yeah. and it goes up and up and up. It's the same in any business, isn't it? There's people that are on the forefront of it and the people right at the top. And those people are garment workers in some respects dealing with like the manufacturing process. So, um, yeah, I think it maybe would be an interesting thought to actually like speak to these people and reach out. And and they probably do. They probably do. But how amazing to have someone on their board somewhere. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe some brands will take that up. I quite like it. I like it. There we go. So, yeah. Let's talk about Brooklyn Beckham. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I just wanted to actually talk about this because um, it's, not quite fashion related but I think we've got a lot of people um that you know listen to this podcast because they're part of the fashion industry they're looking out for their own careers we've got a lot of students that are going into their careers as as fashion students and graduates and want amazing jobs but like I just wanted to bring David Beckham up and I sent this to Laura last week Brooklyn that he's getting absolutely slated Brooklyn Beckham let's say David Beckham I'm losing it I'm losing it um got David on the brain too early that's what it is we normally podcast on an evening um I think this podcast is showing that we're just not morning people, but that's okay. We're trying things, we're trying things. Um, but yeah, Brooklyn Beckham has been absolutely slated for changing his career again. What are your thoughts, Laura? Because I have some strong thoughts. I think we've got conflicting views on this. Like, Go for it. Like I get when you're young, you flutter between trying to figure out what you like. So I started off in buying, realized that it just wasn't for me and moved into marketing. Fine. Okay, I was young. I was testing, sampling different jobs. But I just feel like because he's in the public eye, <laughs> Sophie's doing on me. <laughs> because he's in the public eye, yeah, it's probably scrutinized a lot heavier than if he was just a regular, you know, normal person. But I just feel like when you watch his TikToks and stuff about him cooking, he's a little bit shit. <laughs> like, he's not. He is though, like the stuff that he makes isn't <laughs> mad good, is it? I mean, it's probably better than my cooking. <laughs> All he's done is he's basically gone to his wife and been like, yeah, I think you should wear those shoes instead of those shoes. And then someone's gone, oh yeah, that outfit looks really good. And she's turned around and said, yeah, Brooklyn picked it out. And he thought, do you know what? I'll do this for a living. He was a photographer. Then he was a chef. Now he's a stylist. It's like... It would be different if it was like a stylist to a designer, but he's going from a chef to a stylist. It's just it's just really career hopping too much for me. I don't know. I think it's weird. Yeah, I think it's what I mean. I don't follow him on social media. Um, sorry, just looking for my bronzer. No, just don't. looking for my bronzer brush. <laughs> um, this is so funny. Um, I don't follow him on social media, but I have seen obviously a lot of articles. I am a bit anti Beckham at the moment, just just purely because of David. But I've always loved Victoria, so I would count myself as a Beckham fan. Um, I I've just googled his age actually, because I'm literally just sat here thinking, okay, what this guy? How old is he? He's 23. Um, so I'm a bit like you know he's, he's very young, and if I think about like myself between like the ages of like 15, 16 to like early 20s I wanted to be a police officer I did my I did my work experience at a police station in Warsaw that doesn't exist anymore stop it honestly ask Ian did you ask Ian yeah I was at Green Lane um 
Green Line Police Station. This was like, you know, when you have to do work experience when you're like in year 11. Yeah. I wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> it's because it's because yeah. I was obsessed with the bill. Ask Gary and he'll tell you. I was obsessed with the bill. Yeah. Right. But you know what stopped me? You're going to laugh at this. My fear of wrists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly getting over it because I, I wear a Fitbit these days. Oh, my God, yeah. But I was literally like, the thought oh. of putting handcuffs on someone makes me physically sick. So imagine me, like, chasing, like, someone down the street, some, like, some criminal. And then <laughs> trying to handcuff <laughs> Sorry, would you just stop there for a minute? And could you put your own handcuffs on? Can I, I put it around your ankles instead of your hands? If you're going to put your wrists out for me to handcuff, can you put them forward so I can't see your veins? Um, that would have been me. <laughs> I then wanted to be a teacher. Oh, I wanted to be an art teacher. Then I wanted to be an art therapist. Then um, I went to unis to look at art like design fashion design um I actually went to a Nottingham Trent open day and actually that's how I found out about um fashion business I didn't even know that side of the industry existed then I wanted to be a visual merchandiser and I had a part-time visual merchandising job at uni then I went down into PR and then I've had a okay my big career changes have been like from like working in the fashion industry coming into academia and um I love academia and I will always always be an academic however I would at some point like like to do some consultancy with like my research um but I'd never give up being a lecturer but there for me if I just think about my age between 16 and like early 20s I I had loads of career ideas um but I think because the spotlight's not on us like I just kind of think let let him be he's just discovering who he is I actually thought he was a bit older than that but because he had to sign a prenup maybe he's got to earn the cash it's a Beckham, though, isn't he? Like, surely. Yeah, but if you think about Victoria Beckham's business, she's always in the news, isn't she, for being, like, so much in debt? Yeah, maybe. Like, she's not in a good financial place. I think it's David, probably, that holds the money. But That's why he couldn't give up his 10 mil for Qatar. There you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I think it's just the flutter. I mean... Maybe he shouldn't be announcing, <laughs> I'm a stylist, I'm a chef. Maybe he should just be showing himself cooking as like a hobby. Because, I don't know, I don't know. It is because he's in the spotlight and it is harder, but I do understand. I mean, I think if you know what you want to do when you're young, you're blessed. Yeah, 100%. So. 100%. I mean, thank God I'm not a police officer, honestly. But yeah, I just think, yeah, I think the media have been a bit harsh. Like, they're just jumping on it and... We, we all flutter like even if we flutter from department to department or yeah. like you said you've gone from buying um into marketing and then into um academia so that's like three big career changes like within like 10 years 15 years absolutely and I always say you know if I could do my time again I'd want to be a doctor so no way. so different would you actually I'd love to be like a surgeon or oh that's because we both love Grey's Anatomy <laughs> that's what it is but no I'd oh. love I'd, I'd really love to be a doctor I think it's that whole oh. thing about helping people and I think that's why I like academia as well because yes. you like get to support people and I love that side of it yeah people always say to me what's the, like the best thing about working like as an academic or like, the best thing about your job helping people relationships with students I yeah love 100% love getting to know my students getting to know their names and all those things but there we go so let's head back and delve into fashion so we've actually come across a weird little new saying so everyone's been obsessed with greenwashing we've talked about this idea of greenwashing before uh it's, it's, it's covered we've covered it a lot in our podcast um talking about various brands i think it was you that found this law i think was it the fashion yeah. and the free shout out to yeah, fashion yeah. and the free they're all giving us up and we'll absolutely big them up but they're amazing as well such lovely lovely peeps um 
they posted about something called green hushing, which is a new kind of buzzword in the industry. And it's the idea that brands almost need to flip. So a lot of brands have been working towards being really uh, transparent and open about their uh, sustainability and what they do and, and, and what they don't do. And what I think is happening is brands are tripping up quite easily because they're putting kind of big statements out there um, and having to kind of retract them quite quickly, which is causing like a bit of controversy. So my friend Sarah, shout out to our lovely Sarah Not, um, my lovely friend that always listens. Um, she was uh, she sent me something the weekend about, um, I think is it um, George Asta and Boohoo have like recycled garments and stuff like that now, but actually only 20% of them uh, of the, uh, the materials and stuff are actually recycled so by turning around and saying oh we have all these recycled clothing in this range yes because they're kind of like greenwashing because um it's actually not fully 100 so by mm. putting that out there they're, they're opening themselves up to some controversy and, and you know to some kind of crisis stuff now so there's this term of like green hushing whereby like brands maybe are taking a step back and thinking about what they're actually putting out there because it's so so easy to slip up and be caught for not not being 100% this and not being 100% that so by actually hushing their transparency statements and all that information they're actually protecting themselves from crisis even further because they don't want to put the the statements out there what do you reckon yeah for sure I mean the Financial Times released a report and said that a quarter of 1200 companies that were surveyed said they would not publish their science-based net zero emission targets and I think you're right I think it is almost like protecting themselves and thinking actually if we say we're this this and this what if we're investigated and we're wrong it's gonna really be detrimental to the brand in terms of their reputation so I mean obviously it's really important for brands to kind of say this is what we're doing and these are our targets but it's like are you actually doing it and can you fully stand by what you're saying so I think it's interesting that you know we have a lot of we've seen so much press around greenwashing in general and now it's about green hushing I think it's really interesting I think it's definitely one to watch out for and see how companies are going to spin this around yeah because I think as well like the term greenwashing has come from like panic and crisis around fashion brands because I feel like a lot of brands are so worried that something's going to come out about. And so if we look at like Boohoo, if we look at Primark, who are really transparent now, but are they only transparent because of what has happened? Same with H&M. You know, they've been accused of greenwashing. Yeah. And, you know, there's been lots of legal cases surrounding them. Um, are they like trying to like protect themselves? And is, you know, and that's what the whole green, uh, people kind of greenwashing in a panic response. Mm. And actually that's interesting, that stuff that you talked about, that many actually don't publish but I feel like the fashion industry is so susceptible to it and people are so on it with the fashion industry and I think that's what we call like the spillover effect because there has been so many crises um in sustainability that fashion are just probably top of the list really yeah if not like one of the top industries that we look at sustainability along with kind of cars and things like that the financial times also go on to say that you have to pay the initiative to be accredited which leads to the assumption that you're paying to get yourself a good score so it's actually, ah. you know, it's like paying for the label. So, you know, if you say I'm a accredited brand, blah, 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 you think, oh, that's amazing. They've gone through, like they've been called out as being, you know, perfect or doing good. But actually they're paying for this like certificate, I guess. So how legit is it really? I think that's really interesting. It's interesting. I feel like brands can't do right or do wrong, though, because I'm thinking back to Rana Plaza, and there's this amazing report that was published. I looked at it when I was doing um, like my literature review for my PhD, and 
it literally lists every single brand that was involved in Rana Plaza, how they then contributed, what they did about it. Did they stay silent? Did they actually own up? Did they apologize? Did they deny but that's interesting because obviously a lot of them then had to pledge and like you said I've had to pay to have all this auditing done and all this stuff yeah, yeah. um and it is it's like paying for that tick so oh yeah I just wonder well they essentially now don't want to be called out do they they don't want the embarrassment of saying that they are something that they're not I think it should just be that a company it's just in their ethos that they just do good they just are conscious about manufacturing and their carbon footprint and the materials that they're using. It now doesn't have to be about, oh, look at me in the press. I'm going to get loads of media coverage because I'm amazing. It's actually, well, this should just be flat standard now. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And it, it, it brings back to some conversations that I've had at work recently that actually, you know, our students, you know, I'm teaching kind of lots of business students, accounting and finance, marketing students, you're teaching a lot of marketing promotion students that are going to go into industry. And like, think they're like, there's an onus on us as, as like academics to like, not only like kind of, I think, Making them aware of sustainability, that's done. They yeah. all know about sustainability. It's actually making them realise what they can do. These are going to be future leaders, future generations that are going to go out into industry. And I'm hoping that's going to make the impact. Like, obviously, as people retire and people age through the company and people start to leave, that maybe that wasn't their agenda when they started a, a business, like many, many moons ago, that this kind of fresh layer of people that know what to do, they're not just educated and aware and winging it. People are actually going to be really aware of the change that they can make to a business and I think that's when you know we'll see we'll see a lot of change with all our fabulous graduates going out into industry but I think fashion industry is definitely definitely one to uh to watch yep and our final final topic of um in the know is the couture comeback so <laughs> any fashionista will see and know how many uh, posts and news outlets and stuff obviously there's been a lot going on around fashion weeks and things like that uh, especially lots of different couture shows and I'm just going to start with two icons we've got Kylie Jenner we've got Kylie Jenner rocking up in that weird lion thing and then Doja Cat as well absolutely covered head to toe in red Shirovsky crystals thoughts where do we go this is also dedicated to Emma Green because Emma Green has some thoughts on this. She's like really excited for this bit. So we need to, we need to excel for Emma Green. Sorry, Emma Armstrong Craddock. <laughs> the Kylie Jenner thing is just an absolute joke. I detested it. I think it promotes trophy hunting. I think it, yeah. I think because it was so lifelike that I just thought, why on earth would you look at a rail of outfits thinking, I want to wear that one. I want a massive lifelike lion stuck to my tip I just it's not it's 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 just beyond crazy now and actually when she went to the couture show and that model on the catwalk actually came out in the same dress I mean her face <laughs> but uh, that was obviously gonna happen she was wearing that that designer and that's yeah. that new stuff like I don't know if she, if she was she shocked or maybe that was just like the wrong angle for her face it was obviously gonna be there I mean yeah I don't like it I don't love it I hate it I actually appreciate couture more than I appreciate the general kind of catwalk shows because it's about really? being bizarre yeah I think because that's what it is I feel like I don't know. I've never been a catwalk designer fan person. I've just never been massively into luxury or anything like that. Um, but I love couture for its pure art form. It is supposed to be bizarre. I mean, Emma, me and Emma Green were laughing at like 
the dress, the upside down dress that was like a cone on someone's the Victor head. Victor and Rob one, yeah. That's it, Victor and Rob. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. This is... But, but you, you know, know what? I liked the dresses. I just didn't understand the concept of it being like sideways or like above your head. Well, but... that's what I kind of love because it's just a bit like... But it got people talking about it. Absolutely. If they just came out in those reg- wearing the dresses, then I wouldn't think anything of it. I'd just think, oh, they're quite princessy, you know. But the fact that they were flipping across their chest sideways made me think, this is weird. And I've remembered it. Yeah. So I don't consider myself a massively creative person, even though I got uh, two A stars for art and design. I used to be really creative. I'm not, I just don't, I consider myself more businessy than I do creative. So like I look at something like that and I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And the abstractness of that Mm. literally intrigues me. I think, you know, I do love the couture stuff because I think it is someone's art form as opposed to fashion because the practicalities of those some of those outfits are just are just not there. Um, and I could see what, you know, with the kind of fake leopard and fake lions and all those kind of things, I could see, obviously, because it's obviously the fashion industry has moved from, um, well, hopefully, we're nearly there, it's making movements from using real fur. Yeah. Um, and animal products and stuff and moving towards... Um, fake so I kind of see probably what they were going for Mm. but I think like you said still it's kind of putting this animal head on a trophy which is just bizarre which I agree like I'm so anti-animal hunting and all of that like I and I do think it promotes trophy hunting etc however the thing that blows my mind is um is it Peter Petter Peter um, they came out and said that Kylie's look celebrates the lion's beauty and maybe a statement oh. against trophy hunting in which lion families are torn apart to satisfy human egotism. That's interesting. So I'm really surprised that like an animal activist group have flipped it and seen the other side and said, you know, is it actually a celebration of the animals mm. and raising awareness to not trophy hunt. This is what I again what goes back to why I love like how couture because like it's interpretive, it's yeah. abstract. Yeah. Like you take what you want from it. And that's what I love. And I feel like there's been a kind of a, a real lack of like excitement around the couture industry. And I've seen lots about the couture comeback and, and all those things. And uh, I just think, yeah, I think it's fabulous. So I'll be watching more catwalk shows and things like that. So that's a bit of Kylie. There's a bit of a, a Jenna theme today, but we're just going to go on to Doja Cat, who obviously is very well known for her outrageous looks, a fabulous fashion, um, kudos. But this red Swarovski crystal get up, I Blows am mind. not about. Blows my mind. I was just a bit like, I don't, I don't understand it. But again, again, that's just subjectiveness. I don't know. Other people might like it. But what I found was really funny is that it's triggered. There's lots of stuff in the middle of, in, in the news. Sorry about the triggering of trifobia. Oh no, how do you say it? Trypophobia. Trypophobia. I think that's how you say it. Which is actually interesting because Luca suffers with this. My husband, he hates loads of little dots or loads of little holes. Like he can't eat anything like that. He can't look. It freaks him the hell out same i can't open a pomegranate i, I can't it really sketches me I don't out i think i've ever opened a pomegranate is that what it looks like <laughs> no idea i mean obviously that's just people you know someone could walk down the street in some random stripey outfit and someone would go i don't like stripes like everything you know has that kind of reaction to different things and i'm sure that's not was not the intention but i think it's an interesting conversation mm. Yeah, and it's a very interesting phobia. Um, so, yeah, people that, that don't like holes, holes. And, and those yeah. kind of things. Holes, <laughs> weird holes. 
bit of obviously she's had a lot of um, a lot of press and she was covered in 30,000 hand applied Swarovski crystals madness I want to know how far down does it go oh I've never even thought of that like where where's the line has she I can't say it vajazzled vajazzled apparently only took Oh no! I saw fifty-eight minutes. Five but it's hours. Four, yeah, four hours yeah, and fifty-eight four minutes. minutes. I would not stand Who's there. Who's got the time? Oh, Who's Doja got Cat the time? Doja Cat. I mean, look at me. I'm still doing makeup, kids. <laughs> we should have done like a slow lapse of me putting my um my makeup on. What happens if she got an itch? Like you know. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Bit itchy because it would have had to gone under the armpits, and surely yeah. if you like sweated a little bit, it would start to run. I mean, maybe she was covered in like you know that like latex stuff first. I guess she was. Yeah, she was covered in that latex stuff. You're making me itch now. Sorry, <laughs> sweaty, <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> I don't know whether it's the color, if it's the red that puts me off a bit as well. But then, if she'd have gone for blue, she would have looked like an avatar. If she'd have gone for pink, she probably would like look like a massive spot. So. Green would have been Shrek, so maybe red was the right color. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know what the kind of um, thought was behind this. I would love to hear the pitch. You know, I've got this idea that you should wear. I think it's absolutely sensational. You're going to be covered in crystals. I mean, that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I'd want like I'd probably have rose gold crystals. I love rose gold. Yeah, you would. You would. I would. But you know, just just some bizarre outfits. Um and I would love to know what um what some of our listeners think as well. Like how did you react to some of these? Like I said, it's very subjective and I really mm. find it interesting what, what um what Peter have said against kind of what my initial thoughts were and what our initial thoughts were. Yeah. Like, I love this podcast because it allows us to bring in lots of different opinions and and have these conversations. Like I was talking to again, Emma. Emma, I feel like this little section is devoted to you. Emma's an avid listener and one of um my very, very best friends. Um and she was like, she absolutely loved in our last episode that we were talking about the apprentice and things like that because like her opinion on it was actually like um like it depends obviously whether like people are being forced to but actually like why shouldn't women this is the other flip side of it why shouldn't women wear these skimpy little outfits to work if that's what they want to wear and yeah, I absolutely agree I with that no I get yeah, that absolutely I get that. um but then I suppose then comes the sexualization of it and then that, that's where the, mm. the problem goes. But see what we love, we love when our listeners feed feedback to us and, and have these conversations. But it's like, have you seen um Emily Atak talking about her documentary? I think it's called Asking for It. And I thought that was really interesting because she talks about how, you know, she's daily she is sent sexual explicit um messages and images of like men you know doing the deed and it's actually like I'm not asking for it this is just happening to me all the time and she's trying to get um, a law in parliament where you know if a guy flashes you in real life he can be fined but why can they not be fined yet if they flash you online yeah and I think that's really interesting I can need to watch that and it goes back to that whole kind of like you're not trying to sexualize yourself but it's just how people perceive you. So why should you, if yeah. you want to wear a skimpy outfit, if you want to wear a mini skirt to work, why not? 
Absolutely. If you want to wear a mini skirt to work, you do it. If you want to cover yourself in Shrosky crystals, you do it. If you want to wear a lion head as long as it's fake, you do it. You yeah. do it, girl. But I just think it's interesting conversations to be having, and I love that like listeners are commenting. So drop in our inbox, guys, on on um, on TikTok, on Instagram, at the Fashionemics, please. Any comments? We love. This is the platform. We know that our opinions aren't always right, and we love hearing other sides of things we always invite those comments so thanks for getting involved guys okay so our like to know is the old school brand triangle triangle bikini i didn't even know it was a thing it's an australian brand correct is it what is it an australian brand i think so yeah but i just remember this yeah like 10 years ago maybe over 10 years ago it was the, it was the bikini. I had one. Yeah, everybody wanted one, didn't they? They were quite expensive, though, weren't they? I feel like I was sent one. You remember when I used to have a little blog? <laughs> Cute. When I tried to be an influencer for five minutes and realised that no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few free clothes. I've got a free a, a few free clothes. But yeah, t- t- I mean, this is amazing. So you saw this post on LinkedIn, right? I did. You sent it I last did. Week. And as a PR person, I was like collapse all round mm-hmm. for this PR team because it's amazing good strategy so they gave um Kylie Jenner FOMO so in they're saying in the early days of Triangle their influencer strategy was all about gifting so sending products with no expectation of anything in return so they just wanted people to wear them if they liked the product that was um, me I definitely didn't pose in a bikini for Triangle <laughs> I don't think I hope not <laughs> <laughs> who wants to see that I would Oh, you're cute. Um, but they've said, but to get the big names to give you a wear or a share, they needed budget. And these budgets were higher than Triangle could afford and really just not something they were into. Well, that's the thing now, isn't it? Because you're paying for it. Yeah, absolutely. When I was in industry, it's gone from like a free a free gifting thing to like no one takes things for free anymore. Unless no. you're me. I like freebies. I like freebies. Um, so they're saying that the Aussie-based Triangle brand began to strategize how they could make themselves known overseas, especially America, and recognized um, that they needed Kylie Jenner. But instead of going after her and digging into the budget that they absolutely did not have, they started to gift the bikinis to all of her friends, but Kylie Jenner. Just amazing. Just amazing. I love it. So, so good. So... It says the FOMO effect, so the power of, oh, you didn't get one. And soon after, Triangle got a bikini, uh, got an email from Kyla Jenner herself saying, all of my friends have been wearing your bikinis. Can I get some too? So therefore, <sighs> they were able to send it to her. So she was part of the gang. She was wearing it as well because she then desired it because she got FOMO from not having it compared to all of her friends. I think what an absolutely genius marketing strategy snapsy to triangle love it whoever came up with that give them the a biggest pay rise, pay rise ever because yep. that is epic and i think actually what an amazing idea i think there should be more brands rolling out that because you know what that is great their prices to get like some of the stuff and obviously i know like people are making their influencer business like something to monetize like and absolutely you go for it but the prices of for some brands like are just completely unaffordable mm-hmm. um and i think it's so so clever 
and I really love it. It's like they manifested it and it happened. Doesn't Kim Kardashian charge like a million pounds for one social media picture? I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, a lot of people have like media media rates and cars. Yeah, it's wild. Maybe, maybe that's a topic in itself that we should talk about, like mm-hmm. how much influencers are charging and where's the line, where's the fairness? Because I don't know. I mean, when I was working for an agency, when I did like a, a placement for um, my master's, they always went on engagement rate. They did not care mm. whether someone had a thousand, ten thousand, ten million. If their engagement rate was shockingly low, they wouldn't bother. If their engagement rate was high, um, then that's when they would bother. And, and so it's, I don't know, it's really quite interesting, isn't it? And it's like, it's such a, um, un, what's the word? It's such a sh- subjective area. There's no clear, like, this is what you should charge for any influencer. There's no guidelines on anything like that. So, like, people obviously like will make up what they want to charge, and that's absolutely fine, Like, and people can perceive their own value, which is a like on one hand and absolutely all for monetizing like content creation like you should never do things for free you're devaluating devaluing yourselves and that kind of stuff but I do at the same time think where's the line in like how much you charge because especially with like Mm. a brand like Triangle obviously they're a big brand and obviously maybe I haven't heard of them for years so I was really really shocked so they're obviously still doing well and maybe like in in like Australia and New Zealand and other countries outside of the world they probably are still still doing really great which I'm, I'm really glad to hear but like especially like some of these smaller brands that just need that break and just need like some someone to say yeah like I'll try it like um and I just think it, it just helps business so I feel like people should just help each other I agree I think I think that was just flipping clever though but yeah I think like if somebody said oh here's a million pounds will you say that you like these I don't know diarolite tablets you'd do it wouldn't you you'd be like well it's a million pounds so you just say you, you it's a great product even if it's not Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Of course. But what I like about this one as well um, is that actually now Kylie Jenner will have asked for them. She will have been sent them. And if she posts them, sorry, Kendall, sorry, we were talking about Kylie just, um, that she will post them and they will be organic. That's the most clever. And the most valued as well. If you think about it. She will be wearing that bikini because she loves that bikini not because a brand has paid a, a grand, five mm-hmm. grand, 50 grand for something. Like, I'm probably, I'm probably even more expensive than what I've just said, but um, it will be an organic win. And that is so rare now in any content creation to yeah. get an organic win like that. Nazis. So, I mean, tap yeah. again, kudos, Fabulous. love it. Well, there we go. Another amazing episode of your regular Fashademics pod. Um, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, I just, I wish we need to do like a little video thing because at the start of this podcast, I've got no makeup on. And now I'm all Charlotte Tilbury'd out. Please sponsor me, Charlotte Tilbury. Um, I love your products. But yeah, I think some really great discussions. Um, if you've got any feedback, any comments, we absolutely love it. Please look out for our fantastic guest pods that we've got coming out. Very exciting. We've got an amazing interview with james harper from the sneaker doc and then we've also got a very exciting married at first sight guest i'm gonna let you wonder who that might be but we cannot wait to speak to them so make sure you're following us make sure you're commenting give us that review we've had an absolute streak of reviews that have been amazing and amazing to read we've had someone that listened to the merrill podcast and found us through merrill um and has come and reviewed us and joined us as a listener um so please just just 
tell us that you're listening. Screenshot that pod. Share it with us. We love all the support that we can get. It really does help us and it really does make us happy. So keep on supporting us, guys, and we'll keep on creating this content for you. Bye. Bye. Heat, insert some spangly jingle here. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Jingle, 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 jingle. It's like Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) The actual enthusiasm of a half past eight podcast recording. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.